Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 25-8 Sportscast. I'm your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is the longest fantasy football drafter in the history of the universe, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how you doing today? Yeah, like I always say, add this, add this to the list of my sayings. Slow and steady wins the race. That's our phrase of the day, uh, new segment. After this long, long break where Tommy just would continue to fall asleep before these recordings. But I'm excited to be back for another episode. We're going to pick up right back where we left off with some more running back talk and then some NBA finals talk later on in the show. Yeah, so a few things there, Jet. First of all, I've never heard you say that, so you don't always say it. Second of all, uh, the main issue I have with what you're saying is the past two nights we've been delayed due to you going to some festival with a woman who will not be disclosed because I do know that you have a girlfriend at home. And secondly, the the other problem I'm having is you were just at mini golf. So now we had to delay this recording until midnight. I'm not taking kindly to either of those things. So let's not shift the blame here. Well, also, and, and lastly, I mean, and lastly, I'll yeah. tell you what the phrase of the day is. You have no you, you can't disclose what it is because you don't know what it is. Well, I mean, you, also, you also skipped a recording for your birthday. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that really means. I mean, you shouldn't be taking any days off, birthday, anniversary, wedding. Like, none of that stuff is an excuse. But um, I don't take holidays off on this podcast, and I don't ever plan on it. Yeah, it's known that Jewish holidays are more frequent than, you know, holidays that are more widely celebrated. So... Next time you need Rosh Hashanah off, you know, just let me know and, and, and I'll gladly give it to you. Sounds good. I'll, I'll find your replacement. You know, maybe he'll step in like Kurt Warner stepped in and then he'll be the starter from now on. You'll just be the reserve. Right, right. Today, Jet, what we are going to be talking about, last episode we talked about our top 20 American football conference running backs. We're not going to get into the NFC and the team that we all love, the Dallas Cowboys, happen to be in the NFC. So it's been a controver- controversial running back room uh, pretty much all of last year, heading into this offseason as well. A lot of people say Pollard is the better running back. Zeke gets a lot of hate. I think it's a lot of unwarranted hate. I actually have Zeke a lot higher on my list than I thought he would pan out to be. Um, and we'll get to that later. Jet, do you want to go ahead and display the graphics? of our 11 through 20s. Absolutely. Let me get them right now. Here they are coming out to you right here. Hopefully everyone has a good look at them. Um, You can see both Tommy and my 11 through 20. Yep. These graphics are really, really well thought out by Jet here. I was like, hey, Jet, can you make a nice graphic for tonight's show? Yeah, of course. So I get a Word document, not even looking at Times New Roman right now. I'm looking at Calibri. So I apologize to those of you that, that have just turned your phone sideways and are listening on Spotify, but there's the little Jet, I know you're going to have some issues with, with my rankings, but, you know, let's let's stick to like one or two guys that you want me to go over really quick. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have issues with mine as well, but my, my big issues with yours um... – <laughs> It, it really lies with Zeke. 
uh, and Antonio Gibson are the two that I want to focus on. So please, please elaborate on how the Fent formula, I'll spit these out into these order. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll get into this right now. Again, guys, I am on loose leaf paper, so bear with me. Now, Jet, I, I'm, a, I'm the type of man who admits when he's wrong. I'm not going to say my, my rankings are completely off, but my quarterback formula was much more precise. I liked the way that turned out a lot better. But here's here's how I have Zeke, you know, shaping up. He's a two-and-a-half speed jet, a three-and-a-half in broken tackles, a three-and-a-half in statistics. Here, I know there was an extra game. He was a 1,000-yard rusher still. Two-and-a-half in receiving, and a four-and-a-half in blocking. Now, none of those really jump out to you as incorrect, do they? They don't know. So, the thing is, Jet, that grades out as a 17.75 out of 27.5 at a 65%. And, I mean, realistically, that's, that's Zeke to a T. He's a good blocker. He's going to get you some hard-earned yards. And, you know, he's not super involved in the receiving game. He's not terrible in the receiving game. And he's not the type of guy that when he's in open field, he's impossible to, to catch. It's, he's just not. He's, that's not his game. So he'll get you. He'll get you, you know, four or five yards a carry, really around four and a half, um, and then that's that's his game, Judd. And I, and I think that you you could say I'm being unfair just where you see him as far as stacked up against everybody else, but I, I don't think those numbers are too unfair, really. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll have my rebuttal to that a little later on, but give me a little bit on uh, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, he he uh he had a tough time just with with the nature of how I how I did this. So I gave him a three and a half speed, a two and a half in broken tackle, a three in statistics, a four in receiving, and a three in blocking. So he he graded out only one percent lower than Zeke. And the, the thing that you'll see with a lot of these guys, like they're only separated by like one quarter point or one half point. So, so for them, it, it ended up being a quarter point that separated them. Um, and, and that came in much better blocking. Um, and he was, he was better in statistics as well. And statistics is, is more weighted. So that's how, that's how it ended up being. But I think that's Gibson as well. He's a good receiver. He's a quick guy. Um, he's not the best. He's not the most downhill kind of runner. Uh, the prototypical downhill runner you think of when you think of like a Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, um, even like a Saquon Barkley is more of a downhill runner. But uh, yeah, that, that's how I had those two grading out. Real quick, um, how do you go about figuring out your stats? Because uh, from what it sounds like, Antonio Gibson and Zeke got the same score. Yeah, so obviously uh, Zeke rushed for more yards than Gibson last year. But Gibson ha had more receiving yards. I take everything into account. Receiving yards, yards per carry, obviously rushing yards, touchdowns, whether it's in, in the receiving game or in the running game. Um, and, and if you look at accumulated yards, accumulated touchdowns, and then some of the underlying like per capita metrics, they, they grade out pretty similarly. Okay. I like to take a holistic approach there. So I take the, you know, full full sample sizes as careers um, into consideration. But um, I totally get the thought process there with the Frank Formula no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I don't do career because obviously, like, 
in my opinion, you know, Zeke, I'd say he's on the, if anything, the, the latter half of his prime, whereas Gibson may be stepping into the prime. So it's, it's tough to like, obviously I can't give like Saquon Barkley his statistics category based on his rookie year or the year after that. Like that's not him anymore. Right. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I got some, I got some glaring issues with yours. First of all, Jamal Williams is on this list, and we talked about this earlier. Daryl Henderson Jr. is a much better running back than Jamal Williams. So let's hear let's hear your Jamal Williams love. Yeah, um, obviously we've seen Jamal Williams get the job done for quite some time in the NFL, and and the biggest thing for me um, why he was able to you know be a part of this list in general. You don't often see running backs that are able to be as durable as Jamal Williams has been. He's played in a in a large portion of the games that he has been eligible to play playing obviously the speed isn't up there with the you know best running backs in the league but he flashes some other skills such as being a a very good pass protector one of the best in the league and he's able to um break tackles as well he he actually was in the upper echelon of um, running backs in terms of breaking tackles per attempt, which is definitely something they may not always expect. Obviously, he's never been known for his receiving abilities as well either, but um, with what Jamal Williams has done and has done recently, I know he's in more of a backup role now. I definitely think he deserved an an inclusion because he is one of the best backups in the NFL right now. Yeah, and and my other issue with your 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 bottom half of this list here is Jamal Williams' former running back room teammate DeAndre Swift. Can you can you give us a rundown there? Yeah, this one I wasn't particularly happy with with how he graded out. Um, unfortunately, obviously we know he doesn't have great size, listed at two hundred and eleven pounds. His speed in the forty the forty yard dash wasn't great as well. It was a four four, uh, it was a four four eight, which, based off of where other players stack up against him, it was a little bit lower than a guy like Antonio Gibson or a guy like Elijah Mitchell or even Jonathan Taylor, who was in the AFC. Um, also, Swift kind of graded out poorly in his pass protection abilities as well as his explosiveness and his his value to his team. And obviously some of those metrics are a little skewed because he's only been in the league for a couple of years. But I, I like to think that because we know he has great abilities as a receiver, great abilities at, at breaking tackles. Hasn't had a major issue staying fully healthy. I know he's missed a couple of games here and there, but I do expect Swift to rise in my metric as he continues to play in the NFL. So not happy with where he um, came out. I tried to get that bonus factor, uh, lifting him up a little bit, but unfortunately it did not do the job. Yeah, my only issue with what you said there is like, is the speed, are you only, when you say speed, are you just looking at the 40 times? It, primarily, that's like a bulk of what I'm looking at. I obviously, I like a lot of it, some of it is intuition, but I would say like an 80 20 split is is in favor of just focusing on the 40 times. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, so like speed, like, do you have an acceleration stat or like a, a burst? I have, an, expo- I have an explosiveness stat. Okay. I mean, I get what you're saying. The 40 time isn't there, but like, and, Swift, I, I, and, and, I, and I have a soft spot for Swift. I, I, he's one of my favorite running backs in the game. 
I just feel like if, if he's in the open field, Jet, he, he, there's not too many guys that are going to run him down. And I get that. And I, and I know, like, the 40-yard dash time, and especially this is the time that was in the beginning of most of these guys' careers. And obviously these guys, as they get older, they're not going to get any faster, obviously. But for me, when I was putting together this metric, I wanted to primarily have it focus on numbers and less of – what I actually think on the field. So given that fact, um, that's why Swift graded out a little bit lower than some of the other guys. Okay, understood. You want to hop into the top 10? Let's do it. Let me uh, stop sharing here so people can stop looking at the 11 through 20. All right. Jet, we're learning. <laughs> Jet, my number 10 is someone that you have at 11. That's going to be James Conner for me. And it's kind of weird to say – He's a top 10 running back. Obviously, this isn't in the NFL, but even to say so in the NFC is just interesting because this guy in his last season with Pittsburgh, people were like thinking this guy's a, he's completely lost it. He's done. He's never going to be relevant again. And he, he, pretty wrong. So for me, James Conner, just going to quickly go over what I have in that. Uh, where is the son of a bitch? There he is. His speed, I have him at a three. His broken tackle, three and a half. His statistics are a four because he, obviously a lot of that is just touchdowns that he accumulated with Arizona last year. I mean, he went he went crazy just as far as goal line. Um, he had a few, few games with three-plus touchdowns, so that helped him out a lot. Receiving abilities to do on his blocking is a three. He graded out 6%, and, and like I mentioned before, like Zeke was all the way down at, at 13, I think. He he only had a quarter quarter more point than than Zeke did. Okay. Very, very interesting. Um number 10 for are me. You, are you really interested? Was it was it that interesting to you, Jet? It was. Or is that I'm, just a filler? <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. No, I just, just can't really comment further because, unfortunately, James <laughs> Conner didn't, didn't make it into my top ten. Uh, but a guy that did, filler, uh, Rashad Penny, <laughs> number 10, oh, scored God. a 41 out of 70 on the JDR metric. And, obviously, last year we kind of saw Rashad Penny break onto the scene for the first time in his career after dealing with a lot of injury issues. That's why his durability numbers are very low in my system. Got a two out of five in that. But the the, the places where he has been excelling up to this point um, last year in his career, vision is off the charts, is, is great uh, before he makes contact, um, as well as breaking tackles up there with the best in the league. Um, explosiveness, yards after uh, yards after catch. Pass protection, he got a four out of five. So there's, there's a lot of good things to like about Rashad Penny. Will he be able to continue this long term? Possibly, possibly not, because they did bring in a new running back in Kenneth Walker, who did not make this list at all for either of us. But maybe he could could be in this list one day. But Rashad Penny, uh, number 10 on my list. Do you think that was interesting? Uh, uh, I'd say I'm a little bit intrigued. I'm not super interested. But I, nonetheless, good takes there. And speak for yourself, by the way, Kenneth Walker. I still have nine guys to go through. You never know if he he does make an appearance. My number nine running back is no stranger to Jet and his fantasy football teams, and that's going to be none other than Green Bay Packers' Aaron Jones. 
He graded out the exact same as James Conner. I put him above James Conner just because I thought that would look a hell of a lot better than if James Conner graded out above Aaron Jones. Three and a half in speed, a three broken tackle, a three and a half in statistics, a three in receiving, and a three in blocking. Now, looking back at this, I may have been a little bit harsh to his receiving stat. I think he might be better than that. Um, but then again, you know, he wasn't super, super duper involved in Green Bay's passing game last season. I know he was, he was the more exclusive receiving back as opposed to what A.J. Dillon was, but I, I still don't think maybe this year now that, you know, Devontae Adams is out of the picture, um, I think Aaron Rodgers may lean on him a little bit more, and I think we may see that stat bump up quite a bit, but as of right now, Okay. Um, number nine for me is his teammate, AJ Dillon. De- definitely. Uh, so actually, this is interesting with the, with these next four running backs that I had. They were all tied at forty two points out of seventy. So to make it a hell of a lot better, um, I made sure I put the, the correct guys in the, in the correct order. So AJ Dillon comes in at number nine for me. Uh, tremendous size, obviously very Derrick Henry-esque in, in the way his body uh, functions and the way that he, you know, uses his legs um, while he is running. Um, so obviously size graded out very high for, for his size. He's a very, very good at breaking tackles, a very, a very explosive runner and a outstanding pass protector. Um, we haven't seen a ton of what he can do as a receiver, but I do think it, it – can go a little underrated just because he doesn't get as many opportunities as his teammate Aaron Jones. Um, but A.J. Dillon is, is quickly ascending among the running backs in the NFL. And last year was just a, a small portion of what what I think we can expect to see more from, especially with no more Devontae Adams uh, this season and in future seasons. Now, Jet, my number eight running back is David Montgomery. Is that too low? A little bit, yeah. Wow. I am a three is speed, a three and a half in broken tackle ability, a three and a half in statistics, a three in receiving, and a four in pass protection slash setting up, you know, his other running backs with blocks. Uh, That's where I have him. Jet 18 and a half out of 27.5, 67%. Not, not much to say there about David Montgomery, I guess. I guess I'll add on a little bit later once I get to him a little bit higher in my rankings. Um, but number eight for me is Antonio Gibson, and this was a big problem I had with Tommy's rankings. And obviously, we haven't you know seen the full capabilities of what Gibson can do. He did give up get a 42 out of 70 on my scale, great speed, around a 439 uh, for his. 40-yard dash time. Hasn't had too many issues with, you know, the injury bug just yet, but um, is, is a very good at, at breaking tackles, very good at, um, like I said, speed as well. Pass protection can be an issue, and he's also very good as a receiver as well. Um, got a lot of twos in this ranking, but a, lot, a couple of the fives were able to boost him up the, the scale among all the other NFC running backs, but Antonio Gibson's one of the, the younger stars at the running back position in the game, and this upcoming season could potentially elevate his status even more. Okay. My number 
seven, Jet, is Elijah Mitchell, and I think that you disrespected this guy entirely. You had him at 17 on your list. I'm just going to go quickly read some of his statistics for you. This young man, this young beast, in 10 starts, Jet, accumulated 963 rushing yards. Only five touchdowns, but to 4.7 yards per carry, 87.5 yards a game. Uh, his receiving, you know, it's not it's not exactly where some of the more premier running backs in the league are. But Jet, call me crazy, but this reminds me a hell of a lot of Jonathan Taylor's rookie year and how under the radar it went. And, you know, maybe not with the receiving upside, maybe not with the exact set of just just to him. But, but Elijah Mitchell, you're disrespecting him hard. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, he works himself into the top 10 running back conversation at some point here in the near future. Well, well um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. The, the real problem is, is we, we all know that Elijah Mitchell won't even be the leading rusher for the 49ers this year just because Kyle Shanahan finds a new toy to use. And that guy ends up being um, the, the leading rusher on the team. And no doubt Elijah Mitchell's, Mitchell's a great player. Um it's just going to be very hard for him to, I think, continue to succeed, especially because he didn't have a lot of a ton of draft capital used on him. So it's going to be, I think, very hard for him to continue to succeed. I don't know. I don't know, Jet. We'll see, man. But uh, like, like I said, just look at Jonathan Taylor's rookie year for me. Just, just go ahead and do it one of these days. Very different situations. I that heard. being said, I gave Mitchell a three and a half in speed, a three in broken tackle ability, a three in statistics a three-and-a-half in receiving ability, and a three in blocking. All right. Um, what? Got, what's, what's funny? No, I just – I don't – I just I disagree with a lot of the numbers. Um, but, I mean, your metric doesn't lie, apparently, so I guess we'll just go with that for, you, for your sake. Um, number seven for me is going to be Aaron Jones, a – Hey. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting on Zeke Jet. This guy's entirely too high. Not at all. No, not even close. Um, Aaron Jones, a I have a soft spot for him. Obviously, definitely a more complete player than DeAndre Swift. If we're if we're comparing the two, but um, Aaron Jones, one of the obviously the top receiving backs in the game, and even despite his you know being him maybe a little bit undersized, he's a great pass a pass protector. Um, excels at breaking tackles, has not had problems staying healthy. I mean, his speed and explosiveness isn't isn't great, but he makes up for it in his ability to be a great receiver, and he is pretty good at, at getting yards after the catch as well. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is due for a monster year. I think he leads the Packers this year in receiving yards, and I think that Aaron Jones is continue going to continue to – um, reestablish himself as the better running back over DeAndre Swift. Yep, another bad take by Jet. You're going to have to excuse it just for the time being. And number six, Jet. A man who is no stranger to being a top six running back, and that's Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. I am... Very impressed with how he reinvented himself last year. He looked like the guy that the Jags drafted, honestly. Um, just looking at the stats, four and a half yards of carry, 
rushed for 800 yards and received for another 450. Um, all things told, that's an absolutely incredible season. Ten touchdowns total. So Leonard Fournette graded out very well, as you can assume, due to the way I weight statistics in my in my rankings because those are very good statistics. I gave him a four in statistics, uh, a four in blocking, a four in broken tackle ability, a three and a half in speed, and receiving. I also gave him a three and a half. How would now, you Jeff, like? If, how would you like if I said that you had Leonard Fournette a little too low? Really? Really? I think. Uh, Looking at the guys I have above them here. Yes, run through that paper. I could just look at a screen. The guys I have above them here, Jet? Jet, screens can be edited. That's what you don't understand. Paper cannot. So, ever heard, so ever heard of uh, an eraser or whiteout? Whiteout? I don't own whiteout, Jet. What do I look like? Do I look like my dad played in the NFL? Can't afford that stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> number six for me is – can I get a drum roll? No, no drum roll for you. Fuck you. <laughs> David Montgomery, <laughs> um, a guy that I alluded to, Tommy, had a little too low. I, I love what David Montgomery brings to the table. Um, I think he's definitely a little bit underrated. Um, he really has the ability to do it all, and he has a true – even though he's not used that like it, just like many running backs aren't used that, he's a true – uh, three down back. He's a great receiver, great pass blocker. Very been very durable. Hasn't really dealt with many injury issues. While his speed isn't great, um, he has, however, registered some of the fastest single um, rushing attempt in in miles per hour over the the past couple of years. So that's something to take a note of as well. Um, really good at breaking tackles. Pretty good at yards after the catch, and is still only twenty four years old. Uh, David Mockerber takes my number six spot. Yeah, for me, Jet, number five, and you're not going to like this one at all, Miles Sanders. <laughs> Miles Sanders is a please, top please, five. Please explain this to me, please. I will, and and trust me when I tell you, it will all come true next season, Jet. I, I don't think that we have to worry too much about Boston Scott taking, you know, Valuable touches. Same thing with uh, that other guy that people thought Kenneth was going to be. Yeah, people thought he was going to be a big fantasy he asset will. for like two weeks. No, he won't. Jet, Miles Sanders is at number five for a plethora of reasons. No, it's not the word of the day, Jet. I just learned that in 10th grade. Miles Sanders is your absolute, if you look at a prototype, of a speed back Miles Sanders. Boom. Stamp it. I gave him a four in speed, a three in broken tackle, a three and a half in stats, and I'll get to that. That may be low. A four and a half in receiving and a three in blocking. Now, Jet, he didn't find the end zone. That's why the stats were brought all the way down to three and a half. But this guy was was the lead rusher. He was the featured back in a backfield that was ranked none in rushing last season. And that's competing with Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, the two the two headed monster in Cleveland, Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, it, and he was the feature back. Jet, the thing I love about this guy, and you know I love yards per attempt, five and a half yards per carry on 137 rushes, 754 yards, without finding the end zone. Jet, 
I know that you're you're more of like a fantasy watcher. You watch football for the fantasy assets of it, and, and that's gonna fly under your radar because that's that's seventy five points in the whole. Because he doesn't he doesn't find the end zone, and and Jet, here's the thing. Why why are we laughing right now? <laughs> he doesn't find the end zone, and so people forget about him. He's a great running back, and he will be seen as such. Um, when he starts getting red zone touches and, you know, touches near near the end zone. The, the problem is, is I agree that Miles Sanders is one of the most talented running backs in the league, but we're never going to be able to see that just because of how inept the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff is at, while you fix your mic, is at being able to utilize Miles Sanders to his full capabilities. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Hurts even is going to continue to steal carries from him. Hence, it's going to diminish what his his value is as a as a football player, and unfortunately, I don't think we ever see that on full display during his career. But here's the thing: that doesn't make him any less of a running back, Jeff. Not not at all. But I just and, don't and, think and we'll, so we'll, we'll be able to see it. We won't be able to see it though enough. And this is why everybody listening: the JDR metric is complete BS. Jet basically just admitted to you that the JDR metric is the naked eye test. Um, we really dive into the think. <laughs> The Fink metric. Really? So when you say you take yeah. uh, no, no, no. you no. take running backs attributes, you grade them out, and you place them where you would if you'd never seen the guy before. And well, well here's ahead. the thing. You're on record saying, quote, I'm putting this guy up here because it looks a hell of a lot better, unquote. Um, your words not mine, but kind of showing that you kind of Tinkered with your system just to make sure it, it looked it's good for tinkering. our viewers. I had to put somebody above another person. Right, but it's also alphabetical order. But there's there's time. Aaron Jones tiebreakers embedded into my system, so we don't James run into Connor. those issues. Whatever, Jet. Who's your number five guy? Better my be man, because if he's higher, my man Ezekiel Elliott is number five, and he is well deserving of this. He doesn't get enough respect by Tommy and he deserves a lot more respect. He's definitely better than Tony Pollard. There's no question about that. While they do different things, Zeke is one of those guys that is a ground and pound runner that, you know, you know runs it up. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, he's uh, just, despite him dealing with some injury issues this past season, other than that suspension, the best ability is availability and, in my metric, you get extra points when you you satisfy the the one and only saying. And then just besides that, great pass protector. Um, his speed is average. His, his vision is average. His agility and elusiveness is average. But he he really has excelled over the years at you know getting into the end zone, being a productive back with the amount of carries that he was given and. While he's going to continue to, you know, go on the decline as he gets older, he's going into his age 26 season, which is, you know, he's still relatively young. But unfortunately, uh, this this heavy workload that he's had is going to eventually catch up with him. Yeah, whatever. My number four back is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is undoubtedly a top five in the NFC. You, I, I could even go as far as saying he's top ten in the NFL. This guy's a bona fide back, and he also has all the attributes to back it up. He has all the tools to do it. It's just on him to get out and do it. Hence why he's the top four in my rankings. He's a four-speed. The guy's lightning quick. 
and and you mentioned his his 40 time 40 times don't mean everything because you know sometimes guys just aren't as quick in the 40 as they they really are like Jonathan Taylor didn't have the quickest 40 yet he had the fastest ball carrier speed like two or three of the top five he had a very quick 40 Jonathan Taylor but he didn't have the fastest of of who like where of, of anybody sample? in the NFL, like the NFL, because he had, but he still had two well, yeah. or three of the top five. Yeah, all carry speeds. Yeah. So it's different. Right. Um, next, a three and a half statistics. This is brought down because his actual rushing isn't there, but receiving is still part of being a running back. Jet four and a half in receiving. This guy is as close as you can get to Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara without being them, and a two in blocking. That's not his game. Jet. Do you know, do you have any idea what this guy is capable of? 62 receptions, 452 yards, two touchdowns, just receiving the ball. Jet, is that, does that, that not warrant a, a little bit higher than wherever you had well, him? Well, well like I said, if, if this was on the eye test, DeAndre Swift would have been in my top five in the NFC, but this was strategically, specifically off but, of metrics. But, but what, what, does not, what does he not possess? That Zeke well, does. well, well, well. The main issues that that my um, system had was him not being a, a great pass pass protector. Um, the explosiveness explosiveness and yards after the catch are not there compared to other running backs in the NFC. Wow, man! Give me your number four. Leonard Fournette. I'm and... ex- I, I, I was gonna. I'm extremely displeasured with with your your, your list right now. Yeah, well, DeAndre Swift is is a cornerstone of my fantasy football team. So obviously much love to him. Uh, number four, Leonard Fournette. I've been just like Tommy, been very pleased what 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 he's done in 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 his you know reignition of his career down in Tampa Bay or up in Tampa Bay depending on uh, where you are. Um, <laughs> um, yeah Leonard Fournette he is also a, a true definition of a three-down back. He does everything for you. He's able to catch the ball out of the backfield, be a great pass protector. He is able to break tackles. He's been able to stay healthy. Speed and while speed and explosiveness isn't always there, what he's able to do as a as a complete running back has been on full display throughout this past couple of seasons. And it's going into his age 27 season, but it's still, I think, a couple of years left of production for him. And he definitely deserves a spot in the top five, in my opinion. Jet. Tommy. Um, that's, that's about the first one I agree with. And and me putting Fournette at six for you to say he's too low. I thought you were going to have him at like two or something, but that's that's a good. That's good. Um, for me at number three is Mr. Run into the law, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara is an incredible running back. Obviously, he's known for his receiving out of the backfield. Um, you could really easily argue that Drew Brees made him because he, was, he wasn't the same guy that we saw with Drew Brees last season. But obviously, I, I, still, I, I still think very highly of this back. Uh, four and a half in speed, lightning quick, three and a half in broken tackle, a four in statistics, one of the very few fives I gave out in the entire NFC um, both of them were receiving, and both of them were two running backs in this NFC South, Kamara and, and McCaffrey. Um, they both received fives in receiving. I think that that, that goes up. And a two in blocking. Kamara graded out at an 80%, 22 out of 27.5. Um, that would have been good enough to be top 
top five, I believe, in the AFC as well. So, so Alvin Kamara is the real deal. And I, and I think that one down season, which really wasn't even a bad season last year, obviously it's not the Kamara that we were accustomed to seeing. It wasn't Alvin Kamara scoring six touchdowns on Christmas Day in 2020. But I, I think that Alvin Kamara is still he, – he's still poised to have, have more good seasons in the NFL. Yeah, number three for me is Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. He got 45 out of 70 on the JDR metric. He's another back that is able to do it all great as a receiver. Great uh, just running between the tackles. Um, you know, while durability has been an issue with his inability to stay healthy, when he's on the field, he can, he can do anything you need to do. Um, speed is great. Vision is great. Breaking, breaking tackle ability is great. Um, well, at times, I know he has, he has great hands as a receiver. It just doesn't get as utilized as it has in years past when we saw last year. But overall, Dalvin Cook's a complete player. The question has always been, can he stay healthy? And when he stays healthy, he's a top 10 running back in the NFL. Yeah, he's my number two guy. And it's a common misconception, so don't blame me too much. He's not as injury prone as, as people make him out to be. He, he just isn't. Um, I think last year he missed like three games, Jet, and three games in the NFL is becoming more and more common. That's almost that's almost like you're you're missing nothing. Uh, the year before that, I don't I don't think he even missed a game, maybe one or two. So so it's a common misconception. I don't blame you too much there. Dalvin Cook is an incredible running back. He is. I think never said he was injury prone. By the way. Even though he is highly touted as a top five back, I think that I, I still go to say that I think Dalvin Cook is underrated. And I say that because he's like, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, even Christian McCaffrey, some people still. I, I, I just think Dalvin Cook is, is like an afterthought to all these guys. And I don't think it should be that way. I think he's closer to Taylor and Chubb than McCaffrey or even Derrick Henry are. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook, he obviously is on the older side, but this isn't like predictions. I'm not predicting that he's a top three running back in the NFC. I'm just saying right now he is. So four and a half in speed, a four in broken tackle ability, a four and a half in statistics, a three in receiving, a three in blocking. And I also went and I gave him a five in durability. Oh. <laughs> that's That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, that's that wasn't even part of your frank formula. So um, <laughs> uh, number two for me is Alvin Kamara, and I've always been a big fan of him on the field, not really ever off the field, but um, just what is able, <laughs> just, just what he's been able to do on the field. <laughs> um, when it, when is when is on the field? Um, his ability to just kind of glide across the field just makes him so special. And obviously you can say what you want about Drew Brees making Alvin Kamara. You still got to be able to produce when the ball's given to you. And in Alvin Kamara, when the ball's in his hands, he makes things happen each and every time. Obviously, He really hits the holes hard. He hits them hard every single time, day in and definitely, day out. Definitely, definitely. Um, breaking tackle ability, durability, um, both got fives. The durability might drop a little bit, but um, uh, speed is great. Hands are great. 
Stats protection is great. <laughs> Stats are great. <laughs> Go ahead, Tommy. His, his hands, his hands are definitely tops in the NFL. Jet. Uh, <laughs> my number one running back in the NFC is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jet, let's bring it back in, or else turn your stupid camera off because I can't look at your stupid face. Uh, CMC. A four in speed, a three and a half, <laughs> a three and a half in broken tackle, a four and a half in statistics, a five in receiving, and a two and a half in blocking. That graded out an 83% in my metric. Uh, now, Jet, go ahead and unmute really quick and, and I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that we ever see a full season from CMC again? No, I, I don't think so. No. It's- like you, you mentioned it before, like it's very hard to see full seasons from any NFL player, and especially the running back position. Well, well, let's let's count a full season as three quarters of the games. So let's say, do we see twelve games from him? I think so. Really? Yeah. It's hard because, like, like some injuries are freak injuries. Like DeAndre Swift, obviously not like a freak injury, but tearing your groin—that's a very real thing. But like Christian McCaffrey, we 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 see this like rib soreness or like Jimmy Butler sinus semicolon congestion. Um, you know we see these things. Alvin Kamara broken fist. So you know these things are all these things are all thrown at you. But like it, it's tough. Like I think it's a very real thing that like some guys are just made of glass. I think CMC kind of labeled himself as that. I, re- I don't even I don't think we even see like a, a half season from this guy ever again. Unfortunately, because he's I, a great runner. I, I I think we do. I mean, I I, I saw an article um, the other day about what he's trying to do to obviously you can't you know control injuries or whatnot. But I, I saw um, an article of him trying to take a better approach to what he's doing within the off-season program and into training camp, just to try and make sure that he doesn't get as much wear and tear before leading up into the season so he's fresh for the season to start. Maybe this new approach that he's trying to implement will help, but I I, I want to say that we, we do see a, at least a 12-game season from him. I, mean, I hope we do. It would he, be awesome he is to only, see. He is only 25 years old still, so I, I do think we get at least one – Decent, pr- productive in terms of games um, from CMC. Okay. Do you want to do you want to jump in and add anything yeah. about CMC? I mean, I, I I believe he's the best receiving running back in the NFL, even despite him not being able to put that on a full display this past. Possibly couple. of all time, really. Honestly, yeah. I mean, he, just what he's been able to accomplish in, in such a short time, um, we can only imagine what he's been able to do this past couple of years as well. Um, but even even with the the team that has been built around him, which hasn't ever been great, he still found ways to perform with the balls in his hand, ball in his hand. Oh God, <laughs> um, uh, stats are obviously off the chart. Ability to break tackles is up there as well. Vision is is tremendous. Um, obviously, the, the big question now for him is durability, and in durability, he just did not fare well on my algorithm. But besides that. Christian McCaffrey, number one NFC running back and a top five NFL running back. Yeah, you want to do the same thing, like how we would grade top five based on naked eye like we did for the AFC? Yeah, that's fine. You go first if you're ready. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just about ready. I think 
I need I need to have my fifth. It's honestly this this one's a lot harder because I feel like there's definitely more tiers in the AFC. Like this one, the tiers kind of blend together in the NFC. I think. But, I, mean, I can go. I can go if you're not ready. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so number one for me is is still Christian McCaffrey. Uh, number two is still Alvin Kamara. Number three is still Dalvin Cook. Number four is going to be DeAndre Swift. And number five is going to be David Montgomery. Interesting. I have, I have Cook at one, Kamara, CMC, Swift, and Leonard Fournette. I just think, and obviously this is the first time I take into account like durability. I just think I have to I have to put I have to move CMC down. Obviously Kamara is a massive question mark. Um, he's in the same boat as, as unfortunately a lot of pro athletes today. Um, I feel like in the past three or four years we've seen a lot more like assault cases than than in like the, the five years prior to that. Yes, absolutely. That definitely on the rise. Um, let's try to get that number down in the future. Are you t- are you asking me to get that number down? <laughs> Not you, just okay. No, whoever's listening out there. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I know Jet. Um, Jet, hopefully you can pull it together here for this next segment, uh, which will be just let's catch up in the NBA. Now, my original take was I was going to have the Celtics and the Warriors. Split in Golden State, split in Boston, and the Warriors take the next two. Now, just watching these games and the way they've been playing out, obviously I got the first half of that right. I'm still going to switch it. I'm switching it to Boston Celtics in seven games. Wow. And I'm doing that because it looks like the refs – are playing quite a big role in making it this this thing switch game in and game out and kind of making games as it possibly can. And the Celtics, MO this entire playoffs has been win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Um, I, I have them because they did win. They did go up 2-1. I think that they now lose a game, win a game lose a game, win a game. And I think that they'll win in seven games. And and I think that the refs will help with this. I, I really do. I think that this this is going to go seven games either way. I, I can't see, like, I, I, the, the momentum is not a real thing in this series. It, and I don't think it will be. And I, it, it's hard for me to put anybody in six. I think the Warriors have a better chance in six. I think the Warriors will if – if it goes to six, the Warriors win two in a row. The Celtics are not winning two in a row because they haven't been able to do that at all. Um, but give me Celtics in seven. Yeah, speaking of, the, speaking of the refs, I don't really want to bring up the, the previous series. But the keep I'm going to, um, the refs have just seemingly been favoring the Celtics, it's, it seems like, this past two series. And obviously they want to see another banner raised in Boston, which I don't really get. I mean, they have enough. Why not give other teams that don't have as many another chance to win a, a another ring? But uh, speaking of this series, I, I did originally have the Warriors winning in six games, and I, I am going to stick with that. 
It's, it's funny you, you mentioned it, but both teams have have not had back to back losses in this postseason, which is is, is pretty remarkable. Um, if that if that continues on the rest of the way, I believe then the Warriors are going to win in seven. But I'm I'm going to say that the the Warriors are still winning six. I think they find a way to to break this this little this little statistic because you know all all good numbers can't can't stay. Um, at the top of the top of the top for the best whatever I'm trying to say for for um, for for all of eternity but yeah and and honestly in game four some of the things that we saw were were cause for concern for this warrior side obviously Steph Curry went went insane he he had probably what a lot of people say was his best finals game ever and it's the best one I've seen. I mean, I've I've watched a few. I watched the Warriors in like 2017, um, but like this, that was he played great. Incredible game from him. Clay Thompson, uh, he has not been good. He had a much better game in Game Four, but the numbers look a lot better than he's really playing. Um, Clay Thompson is is gonna have to step it up if if the Warriors are gonna win this series. The Celtics, I'm a lot more confident in them right now, and and that's that's mainly because of my man Al Horford. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we are going to have to cut this episode a bit short. Jet, you're gonna have fun editing it out, and I, I frankly don't feel bad because this is all on you. We're recording late because of you, and we're cut short because of you. And you know, as as it may may come to a shock to some of you, Jet actually does. He does know what women look like. He knows a few of them, actually. He has a sister and a mother. Uh, he also has a girlfriend. Right now, he, he's hearing it from the sister, so Jet decided it would be a good idea to record downstairs. Sister doesn't like it because it is now 12.45 in the morning. Yeah, Jet, go ahead and keep looking up the stairs in your four-story household, Jet, in Lake Worth. Uh, but here's the thing. I apologize on behalf of everybody. Jet's not going to be able to say much. Uh, Jet, this is your fault. Everybody have an excellent night. Thank you, guys. Jimmy Butler sucks.